Good morning, good day, or good evening. My name is Eli Rowe, and this is the Middle-Aged Witch Podcast. This is the final episode of 2021. I really can't believe the year this has been. Jesus. You know, as I've been looking back through my journals, I'm really just astonished at how differently this year has gone compared to what I guess I expected. But, you know, I always say I'm not a psychic. I never know what the hell is going to happen next. And this year really proved that for me (laughs) beyond a shadow of a doubt, because I really don't know a damn thing. And I, I don't know, I guess that's part of the fun of life. Maybe, you know, there are some things that went exactly as I'd hoped Um, Several things did not go at all the way that I'd hoped, um, and some other things that are even better than what I was hoping for. I don't usually talk about spells that I'm working on until long after they're done, but I do feel comfortable saying that looking back over some of the the spells that I put into place this past year, I don't know, I think I did pretty well. Um, I got a promotion at work that I had really wanted. I actually got the exact raise that I had done a lot of spell work for. That was really exciting and gratifying. <clears throat> I did a spell to, um, uh, let's say, encourage a person who had made my life and the lives of others pretty miserable. Um, I did a spell to encourage that person to leave and go away. And I'm happy to report that this person has had a major life event that they actually had been hoping for themselves that caused them to piss off and leave us alone forever. So you know, call that a win. There are a couple of other spells that were even more significant that I'm still not quite ready to talk about, but overall, I'm so pleased with the magic I've been able to perform this year. But, you know, it isn't all spells. You know, my family is doing well, my kids are healthy and happy, and they're making a lot of decisions about their own futures, and I'm excited for them to see where things lead. My husband and I are doing well, we have a happy home, we're at peace. These are all things for which I am immensely grateful. And of course, then there's the project that I never even saw coming, this podcast. It has just become such a huge joy for me. I've met some really great witches at every level of the craft because of this podcast. I've made some priceless connections and I've grown as a woman and as a witch. So what could I possibly try and put into motion for 2022? Well, more more of everything. I've done 21 episodes of this podcast since I started just this August, and I plan to do another 52 next year. So among other things, when the clock strikes midnight on New Year's Eve, I am sending out intentions for this podcast. I've talked a little about how powerful the energy is on New Year's Eve and how it can really be great for giving your manifestations a jump start. And baby, let me tell you, I am dead serious about that. So write your intentions, carve your candles, draw your sigils, and make this New Year's energy work for you. And speaking of sigils, of course, brings me to today's topic. Now, all a sigil is, really, is any symbol that's used for magic. Traditionally, sigils were the occult symbols of angels or demons, and they would be used by practitioners to exert some measure of control over those entities and thereby allow them to sort of make the angel or the demon perform some sort of work for and on behalf of the practitioner. I'm sure plenty of occult schools still use these kinds of sigils in their ways, in these ways, and I wish them the best of luck with that, but 
I don't generally summon angels or demons if I can help it, and, and so this isn't a method I can really expand on without resorting to just straight up bullshitting you, um, and that's not how I roll. Um, so that's, that's the history of sigils and sigil use. Now, chaos magicians saw what the mystery schools were doing with sigils, and they were like, oh, that's nice, but I'm going to make it better. And there was a really pioneering chaos magician named Aspen Spare, and he developed a method of condensing words and phrases into these sort of stylized monograms that are then charged with the practitioner's energy and intention and then sent out into the universe by the magician to call in the desired outcome, which is how... Well, typically, that's how most witches are using sigils, too, even if we're designing them in a different way. The spare method is probably the easiest way for a witch to get their feet wet in designing their own sigils because it's so straightforward. And these sigils really do tend to work very well. A very common variation of the spare method is this. You first spend some time creating a simple phrase that evokes exactly what your desired outcome is. So for example, you may have a job interview coming up. So your phrase might be, I get this job, which is very simple, but this is just an example. So you're going to write down your phrase and then go through the letters and cross out the vowels and any repeating consonants. So in my example, I get this job. There are two letter T's in that phrase. So you're going to cross one out. And then the letters that remain are going to be... God, let me do this on paper. I don't know what I was thinking, trying to do this in my head. That was ambitious of me. I get this job. Okay, so the letters that remain are G, T, H, S, J, and B. You're going to take those remaining letters and arrange them in some sort of a monogram style design. You can overlap them. You can interconnect them. Just play around with the letters until you come up with a design that is visually pleasing for you or that makes the impression that you're looking for. Take your time with this. If you're going to bother doing a spell for something, you may as well spend some time and effort on it. And just as a word of advice, don't wait until it's something big to do your first sigil. Start small and get comfortable with the process. Um, There's another way to do this that incorporates numerology and magic squares. Um, It's called the low shoe grid method. But I can't really describe it well enough to make it make sense. So I will be posting a short video on Facebook and Instagram just demonstrating how to do it. It's really simple, but it's just very visual. So there's that. Now, just so we're clear, you can make your sigil look any way that you want. There does not actually need to be any part of the written word incorporated into your design for it to be effective. It is the individual witch who gives the sigil its meaning and decides how it's going to be used and what it's going to represent. So if you meditate with your phrase or your intention for a while and an image just comes to you, by all means, use that. Or you can try a form of automatic writing where you just sit with some paper and a pen and just think about your desired outcome and let your pen flow over the page until an image emerges. Another way to create a sigil that I'm kind of fond of because visually and artistically I am not super creative is to just borrow from existing symbolism. I have a book that I use called The Complete Book of Amulets and Talismans. I'll post a link in the show notes. And it is chock full of ancient symbols and it gives 
really good explanations for their meanings and how they were originally used. And sometimes if I'm looking to create an especially powerful sigil, I might refer to this book for inspiration. But you don't need to buy anything to create a sigil because Google is free. You can use planetary and zodiac symbols. You can use like alchemical symbols, runes, hieroglyphs, um, Celtic symbolism. You can draw on your own ethnic heritage and look for meaningful symbols there. You can incorporate numerology. You can use um, like simplified drawings of animals, you know, power animals. You can use tarot card imagery. You can create a literal drawing of the thing that you're manifesting. So like if it's a new, you know, apartment or something, you can draw a super simple house and incorporate that into your sigil. The point is it doesn't matter what the symbol actually is. It only matters that the symbol represents something specific and powerful to you. So again, Spend some time creating the design, draw it, erase it, scribble it out, change it, add to it, subtract from it. When you find the design that's going to work for you, you'll know it. So now that you've got it, it's time to charge it. This process is important because now that we have the symbol that we want, we need to give it power and meaning. So draw your final symbol on a physical piece of paper and choose your favorite charging method. You can charge your symbol any way that you like. There's no right or wrong way. You can meditate with it. You can charge it with crystals. You can charge it in sunlight. You can use moonlight. You can charge it using your own orgasms, which is a really powerful way. Um, Oh, and I wanted to mention when you draw your final sigil, the one that you want to finalize and charge, so to speak, consider drawing it with which ink. You can make a version of your own which ink, which is just charged magical ink um, using ashes from old spells if you have maybe some burnt coals left over from an old ritual fire pit or your own fireplace um, use something for, from your yule log if you have any charred embers left from that you can grind those together in with your your spell ashes as well you can throw in some specific herbs some powdered incense any essential oils that are meaningful to your intentions etc. You just mix it with a little moon water or some Florida water until you have the consistency that you want. And then just use your finger or a paintbrush to draw your sigil onto paper. So anyway, that's witch's ink. So your sigil is created, you've drawn it, and you've charged it. So now what? Well, the cool thing is that you can do whatever you want to with it. For a lot of witches, the sigil itself is the culmination of the spell. For these witches, all of the psychic energy that they've created from the first moment of meditating about the intention itself to the research into the symbols or the shapes they use to the design process to the trial and error of discovering the final sigil itself to the very charging of the sigil, that is for them the actual spell. And the last step is just to burn it and allow all of the energy they've created to pour out into the universe and begin to call in their manifestation. And let me assure you, this is very effective. And if this is what you decide to do with your sigil, I don't think that you will be disappointed. But depending on the purpose of the sigil, you may want to use it differently. Um, You can carve your sigil into a candle if you plan to use candle magic for your spell. Um, You can write it on a small piece of paper and add it to a spell jar or a mojo bag. If the intent of the sigil is directed at a specific target, like 
um, a business that you want to work at or the home of a person who's been pissing you off or whatever, you can write this sigil on the sidewalk or on a tree using chalk. If your sigil is a personal power symbol, you can use it in any of the ways we've already described, or you can just draw it onto your body. I have a power sigil that I like to use when I'm going to be in a situation where I feel like I might want a little extra confidence, and I like to draw it with dragon's blood oil on my wrists or over my solar plexus chakra, um, which is, um, that's the chakra associated with self-confidence and self-esteem. And if your sigil is for maybe a health-related issue, you might draw it on your skin over the corresponding part of your body where your condition originates. Um, Or if your sigil is, for example, to increase or like intensify your psychic abilities, you might draw it on your third eye with something mild like a vitamin E oil or even just like your regular moisturizer, which is, you know, a sigil for increasing beauty. Um, can be drawn on your face with moisturizer or like your concealer, your makeup before you blend it in for the day. Witches will draw sigils on the soles of their shoes as a symbolic way of helping them literally get to their manifestations. Sigils are kept in wallets to increase wealth. I have a sigil on my laptop that helps me in my work. You can trace your sigil into your coffee with your spoon. Um, You can put a sigil under your pillow for better sleep or for, you know, prophetic dreams. You can keep one under your mattress to make your relationship stronger. Um, I know that I'm going to get a couple emails probably explaining to me that sigils are meant to be burnt and that's it. And using them any other way just treats them like a talisman. And while I agree, sort of, I also don't care about arguing the semantics. A talisman is just basically a good luck charm engraved with some sort of protective symbol. Talismans are very useful, they're very effective, and I personally have several that I use for different applications, but the sigil is so much more personalized and therefore customizable for just about any purpose, and it aids the witch who made it in manifesting something very specific to that witch. It's not a talisman. This isn't a general use sort of multi-purpose symbol. It is so much more, and that's why I don't mind using the term sigil to describe them, even when they're used differently to how they were originally devised. So for your new year, this is just a humble suggestion, it might be cool to work a sigil into your spell work. I think it's also worth mentioning that we have a new moon this weekend on Sunday, and I know as witches... We love the full moon and it's super useful to our work, but let us not forget the power of the dark moon. It represents new beginnings and the start of a new journey. So if we can combine the power of this Friday night's New Year's Eve celebrations, that just absolute orgasmic release of collective energy when the clock strikes midnight, if we can combine that with the power of and optimism and like the forward thinking associated with January 1st, which is on Saturday, which is going to be, you know, the start of a brand new year, it's a blank slate, and then combine that and carry it over to the new moon on Sunday, I mean, we're going to have a sigil that is so goddamn charged, it'll be practically vibrating. You burn that baby on Sunday evening and then just let it go. It's going to be crazy. And that's the very last thing that you need to know about using sigils. Once you've done it, let it go. 
don't ruminate on it. Don't become preoccupied wondering when you're going to get those results. Don't start worrying that it's taking longer than you'd hoped or even that you've thought of a better looking sigil that you should have used instead. Just don't think about it anymore. Easier said than done, I know, Um, but once you've done the work, the magic is released. Just relax and watch what happens for you this year. And really, that's kind of how you have to look at or at least approach all of your spell work. Once you've done it, you have to trust it. Trust the work that you've put into it. Trust that your magic has gone out and that it's calling back to you what it is that you want. Trust the universe to deliver for you what you need and what you deserve. And you got to believe that you deserve it. I will be back next week to talk about retrogrades. But in the meantime, have a happy new year and a happy new moon and draw the shit out of those sigils. My name is Eli, and this has been the Middle-Aged Witch Podcast. of this podcast is not a substitute for direct, personal, professional, mental, or medical health care and diagnosis. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only.